Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody today. My name's Joey. I'm one of the pastors here at Seven Mile Road. They keep me over in Melrose. They let me out once a month to come and preach to you guys. Um, And it's a pleasure to do so. I want to start you off by asking you this question. Who do you listen to? And why do you listen to that person? Many of us have heard hundreds of messages. Some of us thousands. Many of us have been in church and sat under preachers and heard the word of God. We've heard family members proclaim the gospel, talk about Jesus. So we've heard them with our ears. But the question is, what kind of listener are you? My mom got saved when I was young. I was six years old. So she brought me to church. So from the time I was six on, I sat under a lot of messages. And to be honest with you, I heard them with my ears. But I wasn't listening. I heard people say, deny yourself and follow Jesus. I heard people say, my sins <coughs> excuse me, are forgiven because of the work of the cross. I heard people say, there's no greater joy than when you follow Jesus. But it went in one ear and out the other. Then when I was 19, finally, the words of Jesus set in. And settled in to my soul. I listened. By the grace of God. He gave me spiritual ears. That heard his gospel. And accepted it. And things changed in my life. I finally heard that gospel. I was healed. I was restored. I was set free. I had joy in my life. I bore fruit by the grace of God. And as a preacher. I sit up here. I stand up here many times. And I preach Many messages. If you're a fishing person, don't become a preacher. Because 75% of the people you preach to are not listening to you. It's just true. Even in the parable of the soul, what does it say? 25% of the people listened? Now, you can't think of that, though. You can't go up there and think, man, I can't wait to that guy to fall asleep in the third row, fourth seat again. I'm so excited to do that. I can't wait to look at that guy who's looking at his watch and saying, what time do the Patriots start? Let me go home. i got to get ready for the Bruins. It's on at 8 o'clock, but actually, that's tomorrow night. I'm a Boston fan, but I forget what night the Bruins play. I still cheer. But what a great joy when you're preaching and someone actually listens to what you say. Not because of you, because you know the power... Of life and death are in the words of Jesus. And any good preacher preaches the words of Jesus. So when you see someone listen and accept those words, you see their eyes light up. You see their lives change. You see them transformed by the power of the gospel. There is so much joy in that. And today, this is the kind of listener we want to be or become. The kind of listener that hears the words of Jesus. And by his grace, we are changed forever because he's a good God that loves us. And some of us might say, I thought this was the parable of the lamp. Why is Joey talking about hearing? There's two parables in this. There's the parable of the lamp and there's the parable of the measure. And the whole point is Jesus is the lamp. But we need to listen to that truth. And when we listen to that truth, 
More will be added to us. And we don't listen to that when we don't. Whatever we have, it will be taken away. Let's turn to Mark 4, 21. We're going to start with the first verse here. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. One thing we like to do here at Seven Mile Road, and hopefully every Christian community likes to do, we like to look to the scriptures to hear about Jesus. We should be able to look at the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation and hear about Jesus, hear about our Savior. Every scripture we hear should be telling us about Jesus. We don't want to fall into the plight of the Pharisees where they look to the scriptures as if the scriptures gave them salvation. The scriptures themselves. The scriptures are here to bear witness of Jesus. To tell us about Jesus. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the one whom the Bible speaks about. The Bible is speaking about Jesus. So what the lamp here is Jesus. I want us to hear that. Many people get up here and start preaching the lamp. You know, you're the light, you're the lamp, this, that. And Jesus is the lamp. He is the light of the world. Now, what are lights good for? What are lamps good for? Of course, the obvious. Lamps are good to light the way. I was um, reminded of this last week. We had a pig roast. We did it right in Wakefield. We had two soul care groups get together. We roasted a 38-pound pig. We invited people from the community. There was a lot of unchurched people came. It was a great day. People were eating eyeballs. In this community, two men ate pig eyeballs. And I want to affirm them as men. Because it was unbelievable. So the pig roast went, and we had some unchurched people there. There was one guy, just a side note, one of those men who ate the eyeball, he went to a new Kids on the Block concert yesterday. So we're taking that man car right away. As quick as he got it, it's coming out. And so the night went on. And so later that night, there was a man. And three or four of us saved. We had the fire going. And I, I got to preach the gospel to this man. He has six months to a year to live. Now it was late at night. It was about 11 o'clock. And uh, so it was time to go. And he was an older fellow. He was a smooth brother. I said, Alvin, are you okay to drive home? He looked at me as if, you know, I was a little man. I said, of course I'm good to drive home. He got in his car. So I'm talking to Andy. And those who have been in my driveway know my driveway. It's at an incline. And I'm an electrician, but I put no lights in my driveway. I put lights up in everyone else's house all day. The last thing I want to do is come home and hang a light in my house. <laughs> you might hear a few sniffles today. My allergies are killing me. Please have patience with me. So going down the driveway, Alvin starts down the driveway. So I turn this way to talk to Andy. And I see this look on Andy's face like something ain't right. I turn back. I see Alvin is going diagonally over my lawn towards the mailbox. Now many people have fell prey to my driveway at night. I see one man jump over next to my mailbox. I see a woman with the whole family stuck like this. 
And so I'm, I'm yelling, Alvin! He's not hearing me. He's an older guy. He just keeps going, just nice and smooth, like nothing's wrong. I run over to the car, and finally he's wedged up against my mailbox, so he can't go any further. The mailbox has stopped him. I say, Alvin, you've got to stop. Let me help push you out this way. We're trying to push. It's going nowhere, because not only is cow on my lawn, it's like this. So I'm like, we can't end pig roast like this. I can't be calling the towing company and the police coming and dragging Alvin off my lawn. So I'm trying to push him. Now, he can't see anything. So he's saying, Joey, get out of the way. I'm like, dude, you ain't making it over my mailbox. So fine, I realized we, we got to take this into our own hands here. So I go in. I open the door. I said, Alvin, you've got to get out. He had some R&B sweet music going, baby, baby. And he stepped out of his car. I said, this is unbelievable right now. I said, Andy, jump in this car. To make a long story short, we finally got that thing out there. I walked Alvin across the street and he took off. But that, I tell that story for this reason. Alvin could not see. There were no lights in the driveway to guide his path, to guide his way, so that he wouldn't get into danger. Something could have happened. He could have flew off and got hit by a car. The car could have tipped over. He could have got hurt. So many things that could have, could have happened. In the same way, Jesus is the lamp that keeps us from so much danger. Not only does he keep us away from danger, he shows us the path. He shows us to, the path to life, to life more abundantly, to fulfill our lives through him. He teaches us how to live. He is the light of the world. The second function a light has is it shows us imperfections. And if you're on the construction field, especially a painter or a plasterer, you know lights come in handy. So you can walk into a room like this if this was dimly lit, and you could look at the walls and say, oh, the walls look pretty good. They did a good job. Grab a light and go over to that wall. All of a sudden, you see imperfections. You see places that need to be sanded. You see places that need to be painted. You see places that need to be refinished. That's what the light does. When we stand next to the light of the world, when we stand next to Jesus, this holy, perfect Savior, what happens? His light shows us our imperfections. His light shows us our sin. The good news is this light didn't just come into the world to say, man, you guys are horrible. You're all imperfect. You're all sinners. He came to show us our imperfection, to show us our sins so that he can make us perfect. Through faith in him, his righteousness Becomes ours. Now, this is not meant to be hidden. You don't bring a light in when it's dark and put it under a bed or under a couch. You put it in a place where everyone can see so it lights their path. It would have been horrible if Jesus, when he came, stayed in his house the whole time. It would have been horrible if Jesus never came out to the multitudes and the crowds and preached the words of the gospel that would save many. He did not come for that reason. He came to be put on a lampstand. And what is that lampstand? Allegorically, it's the cross. He came to be put on that cross, to live the perfect life, to die the perfect death, to be resurrected for us so the whole world could see this light. So he could light our way. So he could illuminate and show us our sins. So that we could put faith in him and be forgiven. Billions and billions of people believe in this light and see this light and live according to the truth of this light. 
But we can't be naive. There are many, many, many people who this truth is hidden from. There are billions of people who look up on that cross and they don't see a light. They see a fool. There are billions of people who look up that cross and they don't see a savior. They see a maniac. Now, the scripture is telling us, just like Dan preached last week, that it might be hidden for a time. That seed might look small and insignificant, but when it grows up, it will be larger than all the garden plants. This light might not be a light to many now. It might be hidden to many because they want to continue in their darkness, because their consciences are seared, because they love darkness rather than light. But one day, when the Almighty returns, when Jesus comes back, He will not be coming back as a lamb. He will be coming back as a lion. And all the world will see, those who are resurrected unto life and those who are resurrected unto death, that Jesus is the light of the world. This has eschatological implications. I didn't know I could say that word, but I gave it a shot. (laughs) This is what he's saying. It might be hidden for a time. You might look around and say, well, there's so many people who don't believe in Jesus. There's so many. But one day, even those who reject the gospel will bow their knee and confess with their mouth that he is sovereign king over all. Amen. So in verse 23, if we can uh, just read that together. I just want to read that one verse for now. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. You will see in this chapter alone, Jesus 12 times either says, listen up. Or open your ears to what I am saying. And what does he want us to hear? He wants to hear us to hear the gospel. Hear who he is. Hear his person and work. Hear the truth. Hear that he is the light of the world. He's like a preacher who just said something. He said, pay attention to this. Listen to what I am saying. So what does that phrase even mean? I've been hearing that all my life. What does that mean? It means not to just hear the audible sounds. Not to just hear the word of God, but to listen with our spiritual ears. By the grace of God, to open up the ears of our heart. We always hear the eyes of our heart. How about the ears of our heart? So that we hear the wonderful gospel. We hear the truth that Jesus has died for us. We hear the truth that it is finished and it changes our life forever. He's saying, listen this way. Open up the ears of your heart. Now, there are a few different kinds of listeners. In the parable of the sower, which kind of coincides with um, these parables right here, opens that up to us and helps us to understand different kinds of listeners. So the seed is what? The word of God. That's sown by Jesus. That's sown by preachers. That's sown by people who um, are witnesses for Christ. Sometimes that seed is sown and people hear it. But Satan immediately steals it away. Sometimes the word of God is sown. Sometimes the gospel is sown and people hear it. And they receive it with joy. I say, okay, I like this. But they miss the section where it says, if you follow me, you will suffer. You will be persecuted. There will be tough times. So when those tough times come, when heartache comes, they fall away. They were hearing, but they weren't listening. Then there's those who will hear the word of God. They will hear it, but they won't listen to it. 
Know why? Because they're listening to the voice of the world. And they see the riches of this life. They see fame, power, and glory, and pleasure. And they listen to that voice. So the truth of the gospel is choked out. And they go for this world. They miss the part where we are taught, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the word of God is choked out. But then there's this fourth group. And these are the listeners. The, this is the group you want to be in. This is the group you want to be a part of. This is the type of listener you want to be. They hear the word of God. They hear the word of the gospel, the words of Jesus. And by the grace of God, they are given spiritual ears to hear. And those words come in. And those words settle in the soil of their heart. And they are changed. They are set free. They are transformed. They are made alive in Christ. They are set on mission to bear much fruit. Jesus is telling us to listen up because he loves us. If you're a parent in here, you know you are constantly telling your kid to listen up because you love them. And if you have a two-year-old, you quickly realize that two-year-olds do not have listening ears. Kira, do not hit Jacqueline in the head with that two-by-four. Okay, Gaga. Bing. Kira, do not eat the sand in the sand pit. Okay, Gaga. Eating it like chicken McNuggets. But I constantly keep telling her, Kira, listen, look at me, pay attention. I tell her that because I love her. Because I want her to grow up and be wise. I want her to grow up and know Jesus. I want her to stay out of danger. I want her to bear much fruit in her life. And Jesus, as a loving Savior, is telling his people, is telling us, listen up. Pay attention to what I am saying because I love you. Because I was brought here for you. Let's read verses 24 and 25 together. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now he's saying to the measure we what? To the measure you perform works? Or the measure you perform to the measure how good you are? No. To the measure you listen. If you're someone who listens to the measure you listen, you will be either rewarded or condemned. It will be either be added to you or taken away from you. So let's start with the positive here. If God, by his grace, has given you listening ears, even what you have, more will be added to you. I look 14 years back when the Lord saved me by his grace. I am so much more confident in the gospel of Jesus Christ today than I ever was. I'm not tossed to and fro by every wave and every doctrine, every preacher who preaches falsely. Every time I fall down, I realize he picks me up and I am forgiven. That's not because of me. That's because I've had 14 years to listen to the gospel. And with hearing becomes faith. But God's grace, he has revealed more and more of his knowledge to me. The riches of his glory. The truth of his gospel. And when we hear that, we are transformed. I want us to hear this today. It doesn't start with the fruit. It starts with listening. 
How many times in our life we try to start with the fruit and then listen? I've wasted half my life doing that. I'm going to do it this week. No. I need you to hear this gospel. I need you to hear that it starts with your sins are forgiven. That you don't get to this place where you're worth your sins being forgiven. It starts with your sins being forgiven. It was finished on the cross. He loves you. No one will rip you out of the hands of your father. It has to start with that. He's not looking at your sins. He's not looking at your past. He's not looking at your mistakes that you're going to make in the future. He's looking at Jesus. And that's the beauty of the gospel. And that's how you bear fruit. You need to hear this every week. Some people say we need to get up and tell everyone they're disgusting every week. Sometimes. But we need to follow that quickly with Jesus was perfect. Because when you know that you can fail, when you know that you're going to fail, when you know you're going to fall short, but you know Christ is there, and that's why he died for you, you will bear much fruit in your life. Some 60-fold, some 100-fold. That's good news. All right, we've got to get to the negative. There are some of us who have sat under hundreds of messages. There's some of you who are here today, and you ain't paying attention to me. That's okay. That's expected. To those who turn a deaf ear to the gospel, even what you have will be taken away. You will be in one of those three groups of listeners who the word of gospel is sown, the words of Jesus are sown, and Satan immediately grabs it out. Or the word is sown, and it falls on a rock, and the sun scorches it, just like the temptations and the suffering, and the persecution, and the trials, and the tribulation. You'll be like one who hears. And this is not the desire of your heart. is not to serve Jesus. It's to fulfill yourself with the pleasures of this world. And those kind of listeners have the word choked out. The gospel is not heard. I love you guys. All the pastors here love you guys. Jesus loves you. We don't want you to be that type of listener. Because even what you have, it will be taken away. So how do we respond to this text? First of all, as with everything, we start with prayer. We don't want to be coming out of here. People run away. I have to get listeners. I don't have listeners. I'm condemned. I'm condemned. Am I deaf? That's not the response to this. We seek God and we say, Father. Give us listening ears. Open the eyes of our hearts that we might hear you. That we might hear you. We might understand. We might be changed. We might bear fruit. Pray for others in that way. Pray for yourself. And as a congregation, as Seven Mile, Seven Mile Road as a whole, I pray that God by his grace gives us listening ears if you're someone who's hearing the message today and you say man i've turned a deaf ear to the gospel i would say today is your day for salvation listen up today repent today put your faith in jesus today and he will cause you to bear much fruit he's a loving forgiving awesome savior secondly in the same way that Jesus is a lamp who's not meant to be hidden, the gospel is a lamp that's not meant to be hidden. This truth that we have, 
This truth that we know by the grace of God is meant to be preached at work, preached in our family. It's meant that we respond in worship to this truth, that we preach it in our towns, in our city, everywhere we go, that we preach it daily to ourselves. Do not hide this gospel under the couch. Do not hide this gospel under the table. We should shout it from the rooftops of our lives. And finally, I just want to say one more time, listen up. To him who has an ear, hear this. The gospel is true. Your sins are forgiven. Because of God's love, because of his free grace. He has taken you out of this world system and putting you into his system, a system of grace, where he will change you, where he will be patient with you, where he will show you riches beyond measure of the knowledge of his truth and grace. I want you guys to know this truth because so many times in our life we beat ourselves up. God does not want us to beat ourselves up. He wants us to accept the gospel so we bear much fruit. So Mauro, today as we worship, let's hear the words of Jesus and respond by singing to our God, knowing that he loves us. He has finished the work. Who do you listen to? I encourage you to listen to Jesus because no one has better intentions for your life. No one has done more for you than Jesus and no one loves you more than Jesus. Why should you listen to Jesus? Because in him is life. In him is freedom. In him is fruit. In him is eternal life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as always, we hear your words of scripture. And we are reminded of our sinfulness. We are reminded that sometimes we don't listen. But the good news is that you love us, Lord. And that it has been finished on the cross. And by your grace, you have given many of us listening ears. And we bear fruit because of your love. I pray for us as a church, Lord. That we would have ears to hear. So that we would be set free. So that we wouldn't live in condemnation, but would live in life. So that we'd, be, we'd see much fruit bore in our cities, in our towns, in our souls, in our lives, in our families. Lord, we need you to have mercy on us and open up the ears of our heart, Father. We thank you for what you've already done. But we plead with you to continue to pour our grace on all of us. Amen.